0: to learn a new skill and you end up having, oh, let's say three panic attacks and a slight breakdown about you never being able to conquer that skill. That is what it was like when my husband and I decided to buy a manual vehicle for our family a few months ago and trying to learn how to drive a stick shift at 33 years old was an experience that, let's just say I don't want to repeat again. (laughs) However, now it is my favorite car to drive, and I love the empowerment that comes with driving my manual. So today I'm going to talk to you about what that lesson has taught me and how it so accurately represents running your business. So let's dive in. Picture this. I am sitting at the bottom of a hill. My husband is in the passenger seat. Our son is in the back. We are in a very rural area, and he's taking me to one of the back roads, he being my husband, and he wants me to learn how to take off in a manual vehicle, so a stick shift, uphill. Keep in mind, I've never successfully driven a stick shift in my life. So my husband is trying to walk me through how to give it enough gas while coming off the clutch to go up this hill successfully. And I failed miserably multiple times. And for whatever reason, this triggers my anxiety. And I'm not talking about like, kind of like, I just don't want to do it. No, I'm talking, I am having to take deep cleansing breaths to stave off the massive panic attack I am about to have on this rural road because I can't get the car to move forward. Finally, after about the sixth or seventh attempt of trying to get up this hill and it's stalling out, I quit. I'm done. I tell my husband, I said, I am sorry. I cannot deal with this. I can't do this. I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to drive this car ever in my life. And I cannot handle this right now. And it's too much pressure. So I'm done. I put the car in park and I get out of the driver's seat. How many times have you done that with your business? How many times have you felt like you are doing all the right things and you're just not seeing the results that you you thought you were going to see. And so you just step away from it. Maybe you ignore emails for a little bit. Maybe you don't deliver the projects until the very, 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 very last minute or possibly not at all. Or it's a little late because that feeling of Failure of it not being good enough, of you not being able to make the shift happen, was too much. So you stepped away from it. Or maybe you're on like that third or fourth stall and the panic is starting to creep in and you're wanting to give up, but you're just you want to make it happen. So you keep trying and it feels like you're not going anywhere and it feels like you're not going to make it happen and you are just one stall or two stalls away from walking away. I feel like every business owner has been there at one point or another and it's not abnormal. The first thing I want you to take away from today's episode is it's Totally normal to want to burn your business down to the ground at some point. I can't tell you a single business owner that I have talked to who hasn't had that thought, who hasn't considered going back to corporate or working at Starbucks or anything to have a steady income in order to not have to run a business anymore. I was getting close to that point and I was applying for positions in bigger remote, like online companies at the time where I was applying for more full-time positions, even though I was going to still be a contractor or I applied for a couple of employee positions that would still allow me to work from home and have the flexibility, but I didn't have to run my own business anymore. It was getting to be too much. It was too much pressure, it was too much stress, it was taking over my life. I just could not handle it anymore. So I was. I ended up uh, talking to my business coach and we kind of dove into the different areas of my business that I didn't like. And we made a couple of really big realizations. First is I was delegating but I wasn't delegating efficiently. At the time, my agency was like in its infancy stage. I think I had one client experience manager on the team and we had a couple of clients. I think she might've had three or four clients on her like roster. And then I still had several one-on-one clients for my for myself. Like I was still Im- doing implementation work for several photographers at the time. And I was doing the sales calls. I was doing all of the marketing. I was doing, I was taking care of all of our social media clients. I was on all of the Voxer support chats for all of my CEMs clients. And then I was still managing, I think I had four or five clients myself at that point. And I was still doing setups on the side. So I had help, I had an admin assistant on the back end, and I had my client experience manager who who managed her clients, but that was it at the time, and I was drowning. I felt like I worked all the time, I would get into my office some days at six or seven o'clock and I wouldn't leave until four or five o'clock. And I was typically answering boxers on the drive home until six or seven o'clock at night. And at that point, you're working 12 hour days. And I was doing that two and three times a week. And then on the weeks where I was working closer to nine to four or nine to five, it was still non-stop. So we made some smaller adjustments. Instead of me staying in all of the Voxer chats, and I was getting probably close to 200 Voxers a day. So I stepped out of all of the Voxer chats between my client experience manager and their clients. Now, if we bring on a new client, I normally stay in those Voxer chats for about 60 days because that's when more questions typically arise. And there's times where my CEM might ask a question that I know the answer to, or they're still working out like the things that the CEM will do, won't do. And I can typically hop in and and help mitigate some of those questions before, you know, before I get an email or, you know, whatever. So, The first minor shift was getting out of those Voxer notifications and in trusting that my team knows what they're doing, and if they have a question, that they know that they can always, always, always come to me with those questions. So that was one of the the first shifts. Then the next one was figuring out what I could delegate next. I was doing so much in the business, and my profitability was great, but my home life suffered, right? So we have to find that, that balance. So I decided to delegate the system setups and I brought an, an assistant on and I kept a lot of ownership of the project for the first probably year. I did the strategy with my assistant on the call. We did the, I did the strategy call and then she would do the build and then I would do an audit of the build and then the walkthrough call with the client. So that helped tremendously. I was able to outsource the build aspect and then focus on other projects while she did the build. And then that has since grown even more where she handles the entire build from the walkthrough or sorry, the strategy call through the walkthrough call. And then also the client support on, on the back end. Like once the build is complete, she's the one that fields their questions, makes any adjustments. She's phenomenal. I adore her. And she's fantastic at what she does. So now the only thing that I do with our system setups is marketing and the sales call and sending the proposal. And that's it. And honestly, I could probably have someone else in the proposal. So that was another shift into the CEO role. Now, you'll notice that I am talking about shifting into the CEO role. You don't, in my opinion, wake up one day and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is the day that I'm the CEO in my business. <laughs> that is not how that works. It does take strategic planning to go from worker bee to CEO. And it's something that is going to evolve and it's something that's going to look slightly different for each business owner. For me, it ended up being more about delegation and creating better systems for our business and really beginning to focus on the business development and marketing for SBTL. All of that took time. It took me two years, I think, to really go from worker B to CEO. I don't cons- I wouldn't consider that I fully shifted into the CEO role of SBTL until this summer. I no longer have any implementation clients of my own. Everything is run through the company. And the only way to work with me one-on-one now is is through my consulting business. So as I was learning to drive a stick shift, <laughs> it reminded me that each gear does something else for the car, right? Like, okay, I'm able to successfully get into first and actually move forward. So think of that as like, okay, you've got your business up and off the ground. And then you have to get to the next gear. And when you hit a certain RPM in a lot of ways, (laughs) so you delegate to one person, and then you get more efficient at that, and you go into the next gear. And you get more efficient at that, and you go into the next gear. That's what... I feel like shifting into the CEO role is all about it's shifting into that next gear as your business grows and it's doing it in a way that serves you better. You have zero balance between your work and life. Are you losing leads because you're overwhelmed? Are you losing sales because you are constantly putting out fires? Few answered yes then I would love to encourage you to join our Business Boundaries Bootcamp. This free self-paced four video program is all about determining, maintaining, and implementing your boundaries so you can run a business you love again. Head over to the link in our show notes to sign up. I feel like a lot of the times we start stepping into the CEO role and we do it in a way that isn't strategic and we actually end up taking on more responsibility and start leaning into that burnout again if you're not already there so when you do it strategically and you figure out where you can delegate or where you need to put in boundaries or where you need to put in systems then you're able to move into that CEO role more efficiently. And that's what the shifts are all about. You have to learn how to shift into the CEO role. And it's going to look different for everyone. That's why when I work with my consulting clients, the very first thing that we do is a business balance audit. And it takes a look at your systems, your boundaries, and your delegation. And some other things. But those are the big, the big three that I want to look at when I'm working with with clients. Because the other thing that I had to do in order to really start shifting into the CEO role is get better about my boundaries. I, three years ago, was on a call with my therapist. We were talking about me getting ready to go on this summer trip. The summer trip, I'm literally getting ready to leave for like 10 days, same trip I do every year. And I was telling my therapist that, you know, I'll have Voxer on like notifications when I'm driving. And she's like, well, why? She's like, does your team or your clients not know that you're going on vacation? I said, oh yeah, everyone I'm, everyone knows I'm going on vacation. I said, but it's just in case they need me. And she kind of looked at me for a second and she was like, what would they need you for? I said, I don't know. They might have, have a question about something and she's like well don't they have like resources and tools to help them answer a lot of those questions and I said yeah <laughs> and she's like so why would they need you again she's like if it's a vacation you need to take the vacation she's like but if you're gonna be working then by all means I was like no it, it is it's a real vacation so we've come up with a compromise <laughs> that. I let my team know, of course, when I'm going to be out of the office and then take it a step further and let them know when I'm going to be checking in so that if they do need me, they'll know when to expect a response. So whenever I leave for an extended period of time, I let them know like, hey, I'll be checking, you know, Voxer and Slack at 9am and 3pm. And if you need anything, get it in before then. And I'll try to get it taken care of if it's an emergency. The other thing that I did that really, really helped move me into a CEO role and also build the team dynamic that I wanted is I created spaces within Slack for my team to talk to each other. The client experience managers have their channel, the social media managers have their channel, and then we have a couple of channels for the entire team. What this has allowed us to do is if a CEM has a Deposado question or a HoneyBook question that they're trying to work through, Instead of the person immediately coming to me, they go into this into their team's channel and they ask the question there. That way, they're pooling knowledge, skills, and resources together without having to involve me directly. My employee has been with me for almost two years. She has been working in Dubsado and HoneyBook that entire time. She's worked with six-figure business owners who are running photography businesses. Most of our clients fall in that bracket. So most of my client experience managers have the same kind of businesses. So what I was finding happening, they were asking a lot of the same question. So instead of coming to me, they can typically answer each other's questions. And that has been huge. Not only has it gotten me out of questions that I don't necessarily need to answer, it's provided an environment that my team gets a chance to know each other, they get a chance to rely on each other, and they're really building connections between the two of them, which is 100% the team environment that I wanted to, to have when I created the company. So, When you are figuring out what year is going to accomplish the shift into the CEO role, the first thing I want you to consider is your boundaries. Where can you either implement boundaries or tighten your boundaries up in order to start having work-life balance? I always recommend starting off with your schedule first, figuring out when you want to work. And beginning to create a schedule around that. That is what I want you as a listener, the clients that work with me to achieve is balance. A balance between work and life instead of the constant feeling of overwhelm that, you know, your business is running your your life over, right? So start with your schedule, figure out, can you create a schedule that allows you to work within the schedule that you want to work? I'd like to do this in Google Calendar. I will create blocks on each day with how I want my days to, to go as far as like setting up the day for checking with my team, making sure I get back to everybody, looking at emails and prioritizing them, all of that fun stuff. And then it goes into when I need to do sit down and do content writing for the businesses, when I need to work on something for for my clients, when I need to check on the team, when I need to record reels, all of it. And I know that I prefer to work between nine and three. So I will create time blocks each day from 9 to 9.30 is setting up the day, checking in with the team. From 9.30 to 11.30, I'm going to work on marketing. 11.30 to 12.30, I have a lunch break. Yes, I really try to take an hour break during the day, even on a six-hour day, don't care. My lunchtime. (laughs) It gives me a chance to just kind of step away and and breathe. And then on, on Mondays, I might do marketing and content writing. Uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays are calls, call days. So I keep my content writing, any implementation work to a bare minimum on those days. And I'm able to focus just on my calls. So the first thing I want you to consider is what would that look like for you? What would you want your week to look like? And I really challenge you to figure out a schedule that allows you to not have calls every single day because they can be really disruptive to getting into a flow for work. I would challenge you to have specific tasks for certain days. Uh, That way you're not having to do a lot of context switching and then create a schedule for things that you want to accomplish every week, every month, every quarter. And for example, you might want to plan your marketing out by the quarter. So you're going to need, say, a three-hour block one Friday a month or like one Friday in the middle of the quarter to plan for the next quarter, something like that. And, and then that way, you are able to see as you're actually planning things if you're staying within those blocks or if you're staying within those boundaries If you are supposed to only do calls between 10 and 2, Tuesday through Thursday, and then you're seeing that you are constantly scheduling calls on Monday mornings or Friday afternoons, then you have to ask yourself, okay, am I making these exceptions because the client had no other choice? They couldn't make Tuesday through Thursday work, you know, whatever that looks like. Or did you just not want to tell them no? Did you just want to people please? Because if you're allowing yourself to constantly step outside of your boundaries and make those exceptions, you aren't respecting your boundaries. No one else is going to respect those boundaries. And that is one of the very, very first things that I want us to look at when you're ready to shift into that CEO role. Because the better your boundaries are, the better you will be able to maintain The CEO role and not backtrack because it's our business, right? We can go back and forth between worker B and CEO, but my goal for you would be to get you into the CEO role and stay there as often as possible. Not saying you'll never have a worker B day. I have worker B days, but you want the majority of your work to be in that CEO space. In marketing and sales, in business development, in team training, in improving the systems, creating SOPs, whatever that looks like for your CEO role. That is the goal. So you have to learn to shift. You have to learn where can you start making tiny changes in order to prepare you for the bigger shifts when you're ready to make them. Like I said, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not something that happens with the snap of a finger. It's not something that you just wake up one day and you're like, oh, I'm a CEO today. (laughs) You have to start doing it strategically in order to do it efficiently. And I am really, really hoping that as we put more episodes out, that you are able to take key nuggets and allow you to start making those shifts in your own business. Okay, that's it for today. I'm so excited about where this podcast is going. I appreciate you listening so very much, and I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the CEO Shift Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you took a few minutes to leave us a review on wherever you were listening to this episode. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.